Hello and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. We exist to see lives transformed through Jesus and are located in the heart of Surrey, BC, Canada. To find out more, visit us at horizonchurch.ca. We hope this message blesses and inspires you. There's an extra phone. I don't know whose this is. But... All right. Well, Princeton and uh, online, welcome this morning. Uh, just I uh, wanted to highlight something and talk to Jen, touched on it already, Ascension Church. We're a church that is looking to extend and feel that's the call of God from 60 years ago to extend in various ways and spaces. Uh, a couple of years ago, we started a partnership, a three-way partnership between our church some Canadian businessmen, and the Thai, uh, a, bunch, a group of churches in Thailand. Let me just put it that way. And uh, we, we uh, said, we'll help plant with these other two, the nationals and then the Canadian business people and then us, uh, 100 churches in three years. That's a lot. And uh, so they've been doing, they've completed one province and they've, they've planted way more than that already. Uh, which is fantastic. But I want to just give you this report. Uh, on I think it was two or three weeks ago, uh, one of my uh, friends it was there, and one of the guys that was here in February, I think it was uh, Dwight, they called me from Thailand and said, Craig, tomorrow we're doing a baptism service. It's really raining right now. We're not sure if everybody's going to be able to come and stuff, but we think it's going to be amazing, but we're not sure if everybody will come. And then that next morning, Monday morning, it rained all morning. And... Uh, but then they called me. Uh, they were trying to FaceTime me. Can you believe that? Trying to FaceTime to Thailand. But just didn't quite, not quite enough bandwidth. But they said, the baptism service is on. And uh, we got here and there was a traffic jam. Because there were so many people coming to be baptized. First time believers for Jesus. <laughs> How many of you would like to be there? They had police directing traffic. The cars were jammed everywhere, people walking. 1,260 people in one service baptized, giving their lives to Jesus. If we're going to clap for that, we got to clap. Come on. <laughs> so amazing. And they're literally going house to house, village by village. Taken their, they've completed one province and they're doing a, another province. Less than 2% of Thai people are know Jesus right now, but they're saying the Thai people, the Thai believers, the, and, and they're not just getting saved. They're going back five and six times over the course of the year and discipling them in the ways of Jesus so that there's a revival that lasts. But wonderful that we get to be a part of it, right? Yeah, $300, you can plant a church, you and your family, or you can buy three Starbucks. So it seems like anyway, not that it's inflation. But it's a great example of how God pours out on us so that he can pour out through us. God pours out on us so that he can pour out through us. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, one of our guest speakers referenced this verse in Genesis 12. Uh, it's a, to Abram. Abram is kind of the father of uh, the faith of, of both Christianity, well, all the three major monotheistic faiths, but of Christianity uh, in Romans, it talks about being grafted in and that, that we're part of the vine. Uh, and Abraham is our father as well. So what he says to Ab the promise to Abraham, or Abram in this case, which became Abraham, is also for us. 
And it says this, the Lord said to Abraham, go, someone say go, Mm, from your country. Good verse for the Sunderlands today. Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. In other words, go, you don't know where you're going yet, but I'll show you. Hmm. I will make you into a great nation. Speaking of the natural nation of Israel from which Jesus came. And I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. You will be a what? You will be a blessing. God's going to make you great. God's going to bless you. He's going to make your name great. Not so that our name can go in lights and people can say, well, isn't it great that whatever your name is or isn't it great that that church is the name of Jesus. He's going to make our name great. But at the end of the day, it's so that we will be a blessing far beyond ourselves. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. In other words, I got your back. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So through the people of God, the world is intended to be blessed. So where there's not enough blessing flowing in the world, where there's not enough manifestation of God's goodness and kindness, it's a place where the church needs to go. The dark places, the the hard places, the, the, the towns and villages of Thailand, the towns and villages of BC like Princeton. What flows in us is meant to flow to us, but then to flow through us. Never stop. In the natural, it's also true. Uh, I've had, uh, I've lost two aunties to cancer. Uh, One uncle who had a miraculous recovery from cancer and a cousin as well who recovered from it and has has lived now for 20, 25 years uh, successfully and she's well. And another one who's battling right now. And that's part of the reason why I give blood. I actually uh, faint at the sight of blood. It's been known to happen. But I know that it's actually so important for people who are getting surgery, going through chemo, various different treatments and stuff. So I go, not because I like to, but because I know it's important to. And uh, they say that the the blood donor place says that 50% of Canadians will either need blood or know somebody that has has had blood uh, given to them that wasn't theirs. Uh, but they, the Canadian Blood Service used to use this slogan, it's in you to give. And it's amazing that they can suck my blood out. Well, it's not sucking. There's nobody like, but they put a needle in there and I do not look at that. And she covers it with something so I don't have to look at it. I am a big wimp. And I watch it come out and there's like roughly 400 and the last time was 498 milliliters of my blood. And I was like, I don't want to give that away. But the amazing thing is, in the way that God made our bodies, is that I will, re- re- I will produce more, and after a while, I won't even notice that it was gone. In fact, I hardly even noticed it then. I just went and had some cookies and some juice, and I felt fine. <laughs> Everything feels fine after some cookies. We all know that. But the reality is, in the natural, God designed it that way, our body. But all, God also designed the body of Christ to function the same way. That there will be a draw put on us that does not devastate us, but actually causes us to extend and bring healing into places that seemingly are in uh, beyond help. 
Jesus said it in a much broader way as a life principle. God blesses us to be a blessing. He said this as he sent out the disciples to do all kinds of things. He had worked with them. Now he sent them out. And he said this in Matthew 10. He said, as you go, proclaim the message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Just a few things you need to do. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse those that have leprosy. Drive out demons. (laughs) Did you read that? Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely you give. And the reality is we are blessed to be a blessing. What God does in us and for us is always meant to be flowing through us, to help someone else, to bless the world, to make the world more what Jesus had designed it to be, to see people set free, to see people delivered, to see uh, brokenness restored, to see depression broken, to see in devastation brought back together, to see in cities that have been long devastated, brought back by the power and the goodness of the love of Jesus. Freely you have received, freely give. In other words, the big principle is whatever God has given or done for you, He's meant it not just to stop with you, but to flow through you to touch the world. Has there anybody in the room ever had Jesus heal them? We're going to, we're going to, I can see you. The, the TV is off. I can see you. Anybody in the room that's had Jesus deliver them? Anybody in the room that is thankful that Jesus saved them? Anybody in the room been comforted by Jesus? Anybody in the room saw Jesus answer prayer? Anybody, you know, here we, and we could go on and we could go on and we could go on because all around the room, we know that. We've seen God provide in ways. We've seen God make a way where there seems to be no way. And somehow we need to be reminded that it never should stop in that moment, but it's meant to go on. Acts 2, poured out the Holy Spirit to pour in, to pour through. It's in you to give. Just think of me with the blood thing right there. So what a vision right there. It's in you to give. God's gift is in you to give. His provision is in you to give. His love is in you to give. His hope is in you to give. Can somebody help me today? Uh, His power is in you to give. His strength is in you to give. His kindness is in you to give. His joy is in you to give. His money is in you. I was leading you down the garden path there, wasn't I? (laughs) Jesus said this to his father in regards, to his followers, I mean, in regards to our heart. Matthew 6 and 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. In other words, whatever is the priority of your life, That's where your heart is going to go. And we'll talk about why that's important. Proverbs 4 and 23 says this, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. In other words, money will lead our hearts if we don't lead our money. Ah, you're like, it's that Sunday. I just came back from holidays, and he's going to talk about money. I'm going to talk about money. It's going to be all right. If you need to, something will fall from the sky. Put the air vest on. No, it's, nothing's going to happen. Breathe, just put your head between your knees and breathe. It's going to be all right. But in a time of in, in, inflation, uh, economic uncertainty, more than ever, we need to be in a time of uncertainty, tying ourselves to a certain God and his ways, which are certain. Go. And what is the priority of our heart? That will lead our life. 
It's in you to give. It's our direction, not our intention, that determines our destination. Not our intention, but our direction. What direction is my heart moving? Where am I leading my heart? Am I leading it to be more generous or less generous? I'm going to turn in your Bibles to John chapter 12, and it's not going to be on the screen, this part. I'm just going to read it, but John 12, 1 to 8. Find it in your phone. This is uh, Jesus was anointed at Bethany. And what happened before this is a man named Lazarus, if you've grown up in church, he was, and if you haven't, I want to remind you that he was a man that had died and he was buried and uh, Jesus came and resurrected him uh, from the grave, called him forth out of the grave. Lazarus come forth. He stunk because he had decayed, but he pulled him out, called him out. God, he was absolutely in a moment transformed. And he had a sister, Mary, and a sister, Martha. And so just that happened in chapter 11. We are in chapter 12 now. And it says that they, be, they gathered to have a dinner in Jesus' honor. I, I read that this morning. and I was like, what would happen if our dinners were about that? That we just talked about, because I'm sure the, the, the conversation flowed out of, uh, Lazarus was resurrected from the dead. Let's honor Jesus and talk about Jesus. Let's set some time aside and some space aside to celebrate Jesus. We can talk about the political world. We can talk about what's going economically. But what if we spent some time honoring Jesus to set the table for what, so to speak, for what we're about to do? And so important that when we honor Jesus, good things happen when we honor Jesus. But that's a side thing. We'll go to John 12. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served, that's what she's known for, while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, which is an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. That's a lot of money. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. So we see Mary anointing Jesus with, as an act of worship with his perfume. And that was not a little thing. And as it was noted, it was a year's salary. So whatever your year's salary is, figure out that, that's what it was. And she poured it out. And that was often the way that it was like an investment because they could easily pour some out. It was a precious thing. They could invest it and then sell a little bit when they needed money, whatever it would be. It was their security for their future. So when she's pouring out this as an act of worship, she's saying, my security is not in this. My security is in Jesus. Uh, worshiping him and following him is worth more than anything that I could hold or contain for myself. And she poured it out willingly and extravagantly. And then we see Judas. While Mary was gen generous, Judas was selfish. He, he puts on a show about it being about the poor, but then it, we're reminded that it was because he wanted that money, because think about it, he was probably doing the calculations. A year's wages, I could have used that. He was selfish. He's not happy about this extravagant. It bothered him. 
He verbalized one thing, but we know what was actually happening in his heart. He was wanted to control. He wanted the money for his own purposes, but it was not actually his money. He wanted to build his kingdom. It's interesting that just a few chapters later, he goes and sells out Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. Judas, like us sometimes, covers his actions with excuses. Some of the excuses that I've heard around money and why people don't like talking about money, but guess what you think about a lot? We're thinking about, I want more, I need more, I don't have enough. Will I have enough when I retire? Will I have enough to pay the rent? We're thinking about it all the time. And how many of us would say, I want God to be right in the middle of my finances because I want God helping me. I want God providing. I want God directing. I want God leading. I need God in every area of my life, not just everywhere but my finances, the thing that probably affects me the most. But it's why Jesus talked about money more than any other subject. He talked about it more than heaven. He talked about it more than hell. He talked about money and the handling of it. And there's lots that we could talk about. I just want to talk about a couple of things this morning, though. Common excuses. The church wants my money. I've heard that many, many times. But it's really a heart issue, not a money issue. The question that Jesus raised is, does God have our heart? Because at the end of the day, Matthew 6 and 21 reminds us where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where you invest what is the priority of your life, that's where your heart will go. And where your heart goes, that's what's going to lead the rest of your life. So that's why it's so important that the order is right. It's also this myth that it's my money. If you're a follower of Jesus, all we have came from God. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. I went to school. I got the education. I, I was the one who found the job. I was the one who, was, who, who solved the problem. I was the one that got promoted. But remember the Lord your God. It is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth, and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to our, your ancestors as it is today. At the end of the day, we are not the source for God. God is our source, and God, through his people, resources his work. But God is the source at the top, and he's glorified at the, at the bottom. God works through in his way. And then there's the other, another excuse that is commonly heard. I will be generous when I get more money. You will never get more because there's always more on the other side, it seems. And if you ask people, that happens again and again. Expenses keep uh, going up. We make more. We're like, oh, I can buy a better car, or I can, get, I can move into a bigger house, or I can, I can go to dinner more often, or whatever. Something always happens because it's a priority issue. It's a heart issue. Because money is a test. How we handle money is a test. People say, do you hate money? No. The Bible says, don't love money, though. Get it in the right order. Don't love it. Money tests what we love the most. What's our priority? Matthew 6, 19 to 20 and 21. Don't store up treasures here on earth. Store your treasure in heaven. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. That's a New Living Translation. Wherever you want your heart to be, lead it there. People say, oh, just follow your heart. Why? My heart wants to go all kinds of stupid places. I lead my heart. I put my treasure and my priority of my time, my energy, my prayer, and I put it there, and my heart says, oh, I guess that's where we're going. 
We lead our hearts. Our, our emotions and our heart is just indicators. They are not meant to be dictators. We lead our heart. So if Jesus is meant to be the priority of my life, I don't wake up on Sunday, as all of you did, and made, you don't wait until then to say, hmm, wonder if I'll go to church today. Because you know what? Your bed will be more comfortable than that chair. I guarantee it. But you decide ahead of time and you make the right things a priority, and it's amazing what begins to happen. If you really want to know what's important to us, we look at how we spend our time and our money. Money not only tests what we love the most, it tests what we really trust the most. The Bible says in Proverbs 11 and 28, those who trust in their riches will what? Let's say that word together, will fall. But the righteous will thrive like a green leaf. In other words, we're not trusting in our riches, we're trusting in Jesus. Do we trust our money for security? We do, do we trust our retirement plan? Do we trust the government for our money? Our trust, or do we trust the Lord? Because anything can happen. Judas was led by a wrong relationship with money. But we can see some things from Mary. That Number one, that generosity is the priority and overflow of a grateful heart. A generous heart is a grateful heart, and a grateful heart is a generous heart. I have never met a grateful person that is not also generous. A grateful heart is a generous heart, and a generous heart is a grateful heart. Mary had seen Jesus call her brother out of a tomb, had seen Jesus do something. Wow, how did that happen? I don't even know. But her heart overflowed. And she said, I'm going to make Jesus a priority here. I'm going to make him the number one. My heart is going to overflow. Now, you might not have had uh, let your brother or your sister be called out of a tomb, but some of you have been raised up out of hospital beds and say, I, I, I am so grateful to Jesus. Some of you have seen Jesus break depression in your family. Some of you have seen Jesus heal you of addiction. Some of you have seen Jesus set your family free. Some of you have seen Jesus do, which was exceedingly abundantly above all you could ask, think, or imagine. And the response of Jesus doing things is always generosity. It's always worship back to Jesus because Jesus did what I could never do. Jesus moved in a way that I could never move and my heart could overflow with generosity. It makes it a priority. A generous person is a grateful person and a grateful person is a generous person because there's three types of givers. Really, the occasional one who's moved by a plea, maybe it's a there's a, we, we are going to do help something like in the Ukraine, which many of you gave thousands of dollars to help, uh, or something like that. Or there's systematic who decide and make it a priority one by one by one. They just do it. And then there's some who go to another level, who sacrifice above and beyond just being systematic, but then they give more. And then there's probably, there's the other one that there's the no giver. But three givers, the occasional, the systematic, and the sacrificial. And there are only five things that you can do with your money. You're thinking, oh, I can come up with more than that. One, you can spend it. You can use it to pay debt. You can use it to pay taxes. <laughs> Someone's pumped. Uh, you can invest it or save it. Or you can give it. Now, you, though, get to choose the order and priority of what you do with your money. You can choose to be like Mary and make giving 
a priority in your in how you handle your money. And it, we can choose that. What leads? In the New Testament, Jesus said, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And if I put God first when it comes to my money, it says, God, I trust you. I trust you. I know the financial planners will say, they, uh, say put aside 10 for yourself first. Do that, but put Jesus first. Put aside 10% to give, to return the tithe to Jesus and let him bless the rest. Let, give him the best and let him take care of the rest. It's called tithing. The New Living Bible says it this way in Deuteronomy 14 and 23. I love preaching about money. Not because... It, I, because some of the stories that we get to do, like I talked about off the top in Thailand and other places in our community, that's why I used to hate talking about money. Now I, because it's not my issue. It's between you and Jesus and your heart and God's heart. So I'm just going to say, this is what the Bible says. So if you have an issue, don't write me. Because Deuteronomy 14 and 23, the purpose of the tithe is to teach you to always put God first in your lives. That's what tithing's about. Tithing trains our heart to put God first. God, you're first in my life. You're first in my life. I love you. I worship you. Will you return to tithe? God. Tithing is giving God my first and my best so he can bless the rest. Glorify God with all your wealth, honoring him with your first fruits. That's the first with every increase that comes to you. Then every dimension of your life will overflow with blessing from an uncontainable sense of inner joy. Someone said this, a pastor in Seattle, Eugene Cho, said that generosity is what keeps the things I own from owning me. In other words, generosity isn't just intended to bless others, it's also to liberate me. Generosity isn't just intended to bless others, it's also there to liberate me because it keeps the things that I own from owning me. Mary also gave sacrificially. That sometimes God will ask us to do something extravagant. The spices and ointments, as I referred to earlier, were an investment that was meant to secure her future because there was no uh, Canada Pension Plan or RRSP or any of that. They had to handle themselves. And so th they accumulated through sacrifice and through surplus, putting it aside little bit by bit, little bit. And that was kind of their nest egg that would see them through hard times. But she poured it out. Judas believed it was worth a working man's yearly wage. And so it's not insignificant. But God could move our heart to worship and obey him in sacrifice. 2 Corinthians 9 and 6 says this, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. 30 years ago, uh, it's weird when I can say that now and remember. Eventually I probably won't, even, won't remember, but 30 years ago when Shanda and I got married, July 11th, 1992, we celebrated 30 years of marriage, and from the very beginning, and prior to that, even as, as single people, we had made the decision to tithe and give offerings. When we got married, and I was making, I don't know, $14 an hour or something, and there was not much, we still tithe. 
and still give. And that's what we have done. 30 years. Regularity. And there's been times for us that that is, in the middle of it all, there's been seasons of lack. Where we're like, I, we don't have enough money. We have a, five potatoes left in the, in the hamper and some milk. But we don't have any more. And we don't have anything else. And then we would find things like, we're not asking people, going around, uh, making faith hints. Just talking to the Lord about it. Say, God, you said in your word, you'll provide all my needs. And there will be times where more than once that bags of groceries would end up on our doorstep and we would have enough to feed our kids. I know this is not easy to do when you feel like you don't have enough. But God often meets our need through sowing our seed. And if we eat our seed, if we eat everything and don't sow anything, there's nothing that can grow. And sometimes it's meant for us giving over and above financially. One church that we were in was having a special project, raising some money, and and we felt to sell one of our cars and give the proceeds of that. Could we have used the money? Yep. But God said, I want this. All right, it's your money anyway. You'll take care of us. You know why we could do that as well? Because we had learned to trust God. Because there had been a time when we didn't have, we had a car that I would take off, and I worked off in, out of town and was gone for a long time during the day, and Shanda would be at home with three kids, couldn't, couldn't go anywhere. And so she was just asking the Lord, could you, I need a van. She knew there was no point in asking Craig. Because we barely had enough <laughs> to make it as it was. And then one day while she's sitting there feed, feeding the kids, someone drove a van into our driveway and dropped the keys for us. Now, it wasn't a brand-new vehicle, but it had four tires, an engine, and it got us where we needed to go, and we were grateful for it. Sometimes it's meant using the resources of our home, and we've opened up our home many times have people to stay with us, sometimes for a few days, sometimes for some weeks, sometimes for some months, sometimes for longer. And it's been our great privilege to do that. There was a point in time as well, I just, we had, I'm just telling you this because I know that it works. God's word works if you work it. We were in 2002, moving from one town to another from Campbell River to Courtney, and someone called us and said, when you move, I've told this before, but I bears, because it's just so good. When you guys move, what are you doing? Are you renting a house? Are you buying one? I said, we're renting. We're looking for one. If you hear of one, they said, well, how about, what if you, what if you bought one? I was like, that'd be awesome. But I don't have enough for a down payment. And they're like, that's okay. I've got you. We'd love to give you the down payment so that you can get into the housing market. It's going to help you for your life. And there was somebody, I didn't, we weren't, you know, talking to anybody about it. Like, we, just the reality is we've seen God move. And the only reason we're able to do it is because God did it. And what does he do for you? I don't know. And it's not why we do it, but we've, we've learned to trust God in, in, in when it's easy and when it's been hard. And that's what money and giving does. It tries our heart. But sowing makes us more dependent on the God who sends the harvest. Because once you sow it, once you give it, 
then God's responsible to grow it. It's out of your hands at that point. All you can do is pray over the seed and say, God, would you bring forth increase through, through however you do it? Sometimes he returns it financially. Sometimes he returns. I let God determine what the, what the result of it will be. I just want to be obedient to sow. I can't stand up here and ask you to do something that I don't do myself. Every year when in November we'll do it again, our legacy series, every year I ask the Lord again, what do you want? He has never said, dial it down. He's never said that. He's always said, Craig, I want you to do a little bit more over here. Okay, here we go. When we sow, it overcomes the spirit of fear and replaces it with a spirit of faith. Jesus said in Acts 20 and 35, or Paul said about Jesus, that the Lord himself said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. I've experienced that, and I know if we went around the room, there would be dozens of you that would say that as well. More blessed to give than it is to receive. What a joy it is to serve Jesus and give our lives and give of our time and give of our talent, give of our treasure, and to be used by God to see lives change and transform. What a great joy it is to serve Jesus. I would have said amen to that. But what a great joy it is to serve Jesus. What a privilege it is to be loved by him. What a privilege it is to have him walking, watching over our lives, taking care of us when when things are good, when things are difficult. He just is a good God. Church, I want to thank you to those, say thank you to those that tithe and give. Your participation matters. Your bit matters. Your five, your 10, whatever it is, your thousand, your 5,000, whatever the amount that God's called you to give and your tithe, God knows. And he's, he's, taking, he's keeping track of it, but it matters. It makes a difference. You know, when we were here a few weeks ago and we saw, because you tithe and give generously, we put on a youth camp and a kid, kids camp. And there were dozens of kids between kids and youth camp that gave their lives to Jesus. So many of them were baptized in the Holy Spirit because you give. It makes a difference. It makes a difference. We've sent out 10 uh, scores, I'll just say it that way, of bags of hope, which are filled with all kinds of, of things that cancer, uh, those uh, being treated for cancer uh, receive. Uh, it's, a, it's a great thing. And we've sent them literally all uh, locally. We've sent them across Canada and even into Europe that we've had requests from as well. And they just bring such encouragement and scriptures and, and all kinds of practical things. We give people hope for today because you tithe and give. It enables us to work with the City Dream Center. And through this year, from the beginning of the year to the, to the end, we've committed to help uh, over 20 families uh, in our local neighborhood that are refugees, that are the working poor, that are new Canadians, whatever their situation. But we give so that every weekend they have enough to feed their family, over 20 families, because you give. And so when you tithe and give, yes, it's important to do it to obey God. The second part of it, it's come into you, it's come through you, and now it's going to touch someone else's life. And it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. But it's also sometimes we receive, as I've talked about. And because you tithe and give, we've helped so many people over the past year with uh, solid Christian counseling that's helped uh, families stay together. It's helped marriages stay together because you tithe and give. And I want to thank you for being faithful in that. Generosity doesn't give to receive, but generosity is always rewarded by God. 
We don't give to get. If I give uh, 500, that means I get 5,000. Then if I get that, if I give a junky car, do I get a better car? Like, don't do that. We just get to give. We get to give. We get to tithe. We get to trust God and let him take care of us. It's a little less stress. Proverbs 11, 24, and 25 says, One person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Just the program of God and how God works. Let God determine the reward, but don't ever think that he's not a rewarder. What a great joy to participate in moving things forward in our city and around the world. I invite you to stand. God wants our heart because life change begins with a surrendered heart. And for some of us, we need to surrender our hearts in the area of money and finances. And there's two ways to lead our heart. We can be like Judas who said, how can I bless myself with that? Or we can be like Mary who said, how can I bless Jesus with that? Two ways to lead our heart. Let's pray. I invite you to close your eyes and give privacy to those around you. Lord Jesus, we pray that your spirit would speak to us. And Lord, I do know that this pushes a lot of people. So I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would work in a way that only you can do. And as we're praying today, there are those of you who are Christ followers and you've been tithing for a long time and there are those of you that are Christ followers and you've not tithed. And I'm not just gonna, I'm not gonna, don't raise your hand right now. But for all of us, do we wanna be tithers and givers? Do we wanna be generous? Do we wanna worship God in this way? There are some of you that would say, yeah, I'm a tither. I wanna continue doing that. Then there's others who are not tithers, but you've been convicted today, and you know that the Lord is working on you uh, that to trust him in this way. And I recognize that it's a huge step of faith, and you want to return to tithe, and you want to be a giver. You want to worship him in this way. And you want him to lead your heart. So whether you're a tither or whether you're not, with every head bowed and every eye closed, whether you are today a tither or you intend to be, if you would say, yes, I will worship God with the tithe and give, just raise your hand. Just the privacy to the people around. I'm going to be a tither and a giver. Bless God's house. Bless the people of God. And so, Lord, those that have raised their hand, Lord, I pray that you would give them courage. Lord, thank you that you act and move on their behalf in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you that, thank you for those that are that tithe and are faithful in it and give. Thank you for those that are taking a step today to obey you and follow you in this way. For, Lord, for those that are still struggling with it, Lord, thank you that there's no condemnation, but thank you that there is conviction by the Holy Spirit to obey you and follow you, that your way is always the best way, especially in the area of finances, Lord. So we look to you, Lord Jesus. And, and Lord, as well, I know as we pray to right now that some people in a room might be aware that God is not first in their life, not, not just in their finances, but he's not first in their in their marriage, he's not first in their thinking, he's not first in their gifts, he's not first with our talents, he's not first with our heart, he's just not first. But we're so thankful, Jesus, that you were sent by God, that he sent you, he gave his first and his best so that we can be reconciled to God. God, thank you that you sent Jesus to, to die for our sins first while we were yet sinners. Before we wanted anything to do with you, you sent Jesus. And so Lord, thank you that you made a way, that you sacrificed Jesus so that we can be reconciled to you. 
Jesus came so that we could be saved, forgiven, and our lives changed and transformed through the power of God in the journey of transformation. If you've never made Jesus the put him first in your life, surrendered your life to him, it's just simply pray something along the lines of, Jesus, take my life, I surrender it to you. Take my past, my present, my future, I give my life to you. And if you prayed something along that line, make sure you tell someone that you came to church with. And I'll just lift our hands in the room and online and in Princeton. We're just gonna worship Jesus for a moment. Just begin to let out your own song of worship as later just keeps playing. Thank you for a spirit of faith being released right now. Thank you for faith being released, Lord. Faith to obey you. Thank you that you're the provider. Let your song flow. Let your song flow. Keep going. Jesus, thank you that you're our provider. Thank you, Lord, that you want to take the stress of our finances onto your shoulders. We can do that by putting you first and help with your help, Lord Jesus. Lord, thank you. I just feel like if someone in the room who's looking for a job or needs a better job, can you just put your hand up? Anybody in the room? Over here? Just keep your hand up. One over here, one over here. If you have faith to believe somebody, believe God for a job, just go and pray for that person. One right here, keep your hand up high. Over there, one back there. God's our provider. He's the one who provides it. He's the one who gives us the power to get well. Right there. Pray over them. Thank you, Lord. For those online living right now, for those in Princeton, Lord, thank you that you're the provider for those in the room, those who be listening throughout the week. Thank you, Lord, you make a way where there seems to be no way. Thank you that you're the provider, Lord Jesus. Make a way.
Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Lord, thank you that you're the provider. You're the one who gives us the ability to get well. Lord, thank you for housing needs being met. Who has a housing need? Anyone with a housing need? Right here, that's in Scotland. They, they're going, they don't have a space yet. Anybody else? Just put your hand up. God's our provider. We're going to join our faith with yours. Nobody needs an upgrade out of a suite in Surrey. Hey, put your hand up. God sees. Use it for him. Hey, there's somebody here and somebody there. Pray over them. Right there, go ahead. Lord, thank you that wherever we're at, Lord Jesus, that you are above the economy. You are not governed by the interest rate or the inflation rate or the listings that you can make a way, that you can break through, you can surprise us. Come on, family, let's, let's just worship Jesus just for a moment more, just a moment more. Come on. So right here in the front row, third row back, but front, Angelina and her parents, uh, literally refugees from the Ukraine. So can I just ask you that if you wanna pray for them, you can come up and pray over them. They're just landing and trying to figure out which way is up right now. Some of you have been immigrants, you know what that's like. So anybody that feels they just wanna lay a hand on them, pray over them, um, it would be fine even if you slipped them some money. Oh, that's fine too. They don't know that, but um, let's pray. Father, thank you for this family, Lord Jesus. Thank you that, you're, that you are for them, Lord Jesus. Thank you that you are for them in Jesus' name. Thank you that you are for them in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. That everything that the enemy intended for evil, God, that you're turning around for their good. Lord, that you're going to make a way for housing. You're going to make a way for jobs. You're going to make a way for transportation. You're going to make a way. You're going to make a way. You're going to make a way. That's who you are, Jesus. Father, I pray for dad right now. I know that he works all over the world, Lord. I pray that his heart will be settled, Lord Jesus, that he, the weight of the world, the weight of his family is not on his shoulders, but you hold this family in your hands in Jesus' name. You hold them in your hands, Lord. And Lord, we also pray for the thousands upon thousands of lives that they represent, Lord. Refugees all over the world, Lord. We pray your kingdom would come and your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. Make a way, Lord Jesus. You're the peacemaker in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Introduce yourself to them if you want. God bless you. We're going to turn over. We hope you enjoyed this message from Horizon Church. To find your next step, visit horizonfam.ca.
Have a great week.